guys. <laughs> that's you. Yeah. That, that's that all you that, got? Yeah. That's, that was that guy We have Tess right here. Tess knows podcast. Featuring Wyatt. <laughs> and then he's a, a bit preoccupied right now. The dog's trying to bite her ear off. He must think your ear is actually cauliflower. Oh my goodness. Now he's getting hungry. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Today's episode is sponsored by Wyatt, <laughs> the annoying dog. Friendly, friendly, friendly. Friendly, He's a puppy. but annoying. Puppy. Um, so yeah, uh, we were talking about what to talk about. And I got struck by inspiration just about an hour ago. Um, I got an interesting phone call from someone inquiring about the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, he started off the phone call saying that he was looking for um, a, a place to train Jeet Kune Do, to learn Jeet Kune Do, but like the Bruce Lee Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. So I've, I've always been the, the guy that wants to be as transparent as possible with what we do at the gym. Yeah. Um, so I told him, are you looking for the traditional Jeet Kune Do? Or are you looking for more of like the, the modern like concept of Jeet Kune Do with the philosophies of it? Right. I was like, because what we teach, we teach boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, jujitsu, and we put it all together and we teach that under the philosophies of Jeet Kune Do, but we don't teach, teach it in the traditional sense of the way that, that Bruce Lee kind of started tra- his training. Right. And he had then said that you know he's he's looking for you know kind of like the the way to strike and and the the traditional jeet kune do but then he goes on and saying that he wants to learn you know boxing and right. kickboxing i was like well which one is it yeah and he seemed very confused as to what, what he wanted yeah and i wonder what he got that information from like if he's been researching what jeet kune do gyms i i just i i think he just didn't I think he watches too much movies to be honest? With you. Yeah. Um, because probably. he didn't seem to fully grasp what was going on. Because then when he went from wanting to learn boxing and kickboxing, he started talking about how he wanted to um, just be able to defend himself in case right. something happened. Right. And he said that he was a 41 year old man that didn't want to be rolling around with people in jujitsu. He's not going to be rolling around with people on the streets like that if he gets into a street fight. Right. You know, and it was just very, very interesting the way that he was putting everything together. And he's like, and this is no disrespect to you or anything like what you do, but it's just, this is, I know what I'm looking for. Right. I was like, then what are you looking for? Right. We're still on the phone. Right. I told you what we do. What are you looking for? Right. And then he again repeated that he wants to learn how to defend himself. And I told him, because he kept saying, you know, with all due respect, with all due respect, no disrespect to you. I asked him the same thing. I was like, well, let me ask you a question with all due respect. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to stop someone from taking you to the ground in a street fight? Right. Because statistically speaking, a lot of street fights end up on the ground. Okay. Okay. So we try to find, I guess, more clarification with scenarios. Okay. And he then, he like paused. He's like, I never really thought of that. 
he's like, I've just never been in a situation where someone took me to the ground because he's like, I'm aiming for the throat, things like that. Right. That's where I, I made the comment that he's watched too many movies because right. he's trying to throat punch people. Okay. Um, Sounds more like self-defense. <laughs> you know, so I was telling him, I was like, I have a wrestling background, but no matter what kind of background I have, someone's going to end up taking me to the ground. And as right. much as I'm not necessarily a jujitsu guy, I need to know it because if I get taken down, I need to be able to get back up. I need to be able to make sure that I'm safe in that kind of situation if I'm on my back. Right. Which as a wrestler, I'm not comfortable being on my back. But if need be, I can fight out of it. Right. You know, so I was just trying to get him to, to think about those things a little bit more because what I'm seeing is a lot of people want things, but they're not specific enough. Right. You know, everybody wants to be successful in life. But what does that mean for you, for, for everyone specifically? You know, yep. he wants to learn self-defense, but what does that mean for him? Right. Because if he thinks in a, in a self-defense situation, you don't get to choose the rules. You can't say, hey, just punches, just kicks. Right. You know, because I told him, I was like, if you get hit hard enough where you're rocked, grappling is going to help you with that. Yeah. To be able to control somebody without having to worry about getting struck anymore because you're holding them. Right. You know? Oh, my goodness. Hold on, guys. You keep talking to the people. Yeah, so so basically what I'm what I'm noticing is that this guy watches a lot of movies. Yeah. He wants to learn philosophy, Jeet Kune Do philosophy. And then at the same time, he just if he were to put himself in a scenario or maybe he were to encounter a um, situation where someone attacks him and then he gets taken to the ground, he wouldn't know what to do. Yes. But at this, and that's why he wants the training so that he can only learn kickboxing, boxing, and learn how to punch somebody in the throat. Like, yep. okay, so it makes no sense. Yep. But in his mind, it makes perfect sense because he's looking for a gym that's going to teach him that. But yet, he's not willing to expand his mind and broaden his, I guess, his, his goal, right? Yeah, because... And see he, what exactly is it that... He needs. He he said like three or four times that he was a forty-one-year-old man that knows what he wants. Yeah. But when I asked him specific questions, trying to f understand more of what he's looking for, yeah. he couldn't do that. Right. You know. And then he said, "Well, you know, like I said, I'm forty-one years old. Do you do you have adult classes?" I was like, "I've been on the phone for five minutes with you already. I, if I if we didn't have adult classes, we wouldn't have." been continuing this conversation right he's like because i don't want to be rolling around with these young kids what uh, and i was like with all, again with all due respect these young kids are going to be the ones that show you how these things are done mm. you know i told him the age range of our classes he's like see that's what i'm talking about i was like well what is he talking about yeah right I, I so i told him i was like well what i suggest you do is sit down and really analyze what you want because what you're looking for doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a, a traditional Jeet Kune Do class that's only 40 and above, you're not going to find that. Right. I mean, you might, he might consider that in another country, maybe? Yeah. Like, no, because there's a because lot. Because I, I told him about yeah. Dan and the Sanso in California. Right, or maybe another, you yeah, know, but, else, but it just, it, it was very, I wasn't frustrated because I could, he, he had told me that other people had hung up the phone on him. 
that mm-hmm. he called and I was the only one that was taking the time to, to talk to him and have a discussion about it. Right. You know, and <laughs> halfway through the conversation, I quickly realized why people were hanging up on him. Yeah. You know, but I just, I'm not that type of person to, to do that. But. Which was considerate of you. You could have been one of those people yeah. too. You know, because he was dropping names and they're names of people that I know and I respect. Okay. Which I, was, I didn't 100% believe what he was saying about them. Okay. Um, you know, but it was just, I, I ended the conversation. I, I didn't tell him, you know, come and check us out. I told him our website tells you, answers any questions you have about the way we run the classes. You can find us on social media to see how the classes are run. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was like, you really need to to understand what you're looking for and really analyze it, write it down and do do the appropriate research so you can find what you're looking for. And so this is where it gets tricky, right? Because if he were to, you see how Google, if he Googles it or puts it anywhere, he can just easily Google Jikundo MMA or Jikundo classes in Chicago yeah. or something. And then IJ might've popped up. Because he, he found one. Okay. And as someone that I know and respect that I know teaches tr- the, the traditional way of Jeet Kune Do. Okay. But he had a problem with their schedule. Oh, okay. Well, then that's, yeah, that's just something know, that he's ev- unwilling. Every yeah. answer that I provided, he found a problem with. Oh, well, yeah. You know, so that that's, in my opinion, either someone that is just being difficult or someone that really doesn't know what they want. Wants, yeah. You know, because it's... Yeah, because he's unwilling to compromise now. Mm-hmm. If he found somewhere that was close to his goal... And it's closer to where he lives than what, where we are. Yeah, so he was unwilling. You know, so all yeah. of that kind of just... It got me thinking of just people in general, you know. Mm-hmm. People say that I was lucky to know what I wanted to do since I was 19 years old. But I don't necessarily see it that way mm-hmm. because... Hindsight is 2020. When you're looking yeah. back, you can you can see things really clearly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if we were able to do this podcast with 19-year-old me. Yeah. He'd be very confused too. You know, because at 19 when I started MMA, I still wanted to be a professional wrestler. Right. You know, and it wasn't maybe until I started training with Victory when I was what was that 20 mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, now I want to be a fighter. Mm. You know, and here I am, never having a professional wrestling match, only having one MMA fight, and I'm a coach. Mm. You know, so if you would have asked 19-year-old me or shown 19-year-old me where I'd be at 32, he might not be too happy with how his life turned, turns out. Mm. You know, but it's not the fights that I wanted. And we've talked about this, I think, in previous um, episodes. episodes. Yeah. With professional wrestling it wasn't the fame or the fortune that i was out for it was the camaraderie mm. and i found that within teaching and running a gym you know so that was me not understanding fully what i wanted mm. and if i would have understood fully what i wanted a little bit better maybe i could have made different decisions that maybe helped me i don't want to say get further because i, I feel like everything happened so quickly already but I would have been more ready for it. Do you think it was a matter of not understanding of whether or not you want it or not? Or or was it a matter of you changing your goals as you're going? Because, not well, it was what? You established the business in 2019, Warrior Evolution. But way before that, you were already coaching, instructing. You were doing everything, the managing of the business. 
Yeah. But then, of course, even though you were still wanting to be a full-time fighter, now you were a part-time coach and a part-time instructor. Yeah. But then, of course, then the business took over, so you decided to be a full-time business owner or mm -hmm. part, part business owner. So was it a matter of you not understanding or was it because your goals started changing? I, not I don't, accepting. I don't think the goals necessarily changed. I didn't understand what I was looking for. Mm. Because, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm. I didn't want to be a full-time fighter. And I didn't want to be a full-time professional wrestler. Oh, I don't okay. like traveling. What makes me think I want to be a professional wrestler? Right. All they do is travel. You know? Mm. And, right. and with the fighting part, it was like I, I wasn't a big fan of sparring. I never was a big fan of sparring. I hated sparring. You know? Mm. So why am I thinking I'm going to go to the UFC if I don't even like to spar mm. you know so what I was looking for was the understanding and the abilities of a fighter okay and the camaraderie of the team okay a fighter coach connection where I thought it was going to be me fighter with the connection with my coach not me being the coach mm. you know and that's not saying I don't have a connection with my coaches because I do right um do you guys hear the snapping? That's this dog taking my hands off. Um, uh, I do have a connection with, with my coaches. It's just, it's different, you know, because it's not necessarily that of a fighter coach, but it's that of a coach to coach. Right. You know, I can have conversations with my coaches and I, I have, and specifically with Coach Crest, my wrestling coach, talking about my experiences with the grappling tournaments, you know, talking about my experience in coaching fighters, you know, because I saw what it was because Anthony was my, my MMA coach. What are you doing? Anthony, He's just, he just jumped on Tess. He Anthony, wants to be part of the podcast. He wants to be part of the podcast and he doesn't like that. I'm not talking to him. Okay. Right, let's talk to the but people, then, Wyatt. Okay. jeez. Oh, Anthony, um, I, I spent more time on the mats with mm -hmm. coach Crest spent more time in competition with me mm -hmm. because I've, I've had more more amateur wrestling matches than I had MMA fights you know so I spent more time with with coach Crest being in my corner for mm -hmm. competitions you know so I've been able to talk to him and now I see things differently and I'm able to have those conversations with him you know so that connection I deeply appreciate and I don't think I'd be able to do the things that I'm doing as a coach or as uh, running the gym mm -hmm. if I didn't have those connections with, with Coach Cress and Anthony. Um, but with all that being said, the goals never necessarily changed. Maybe the, the priorities of the things changed. Because yeah. at the end of the day, whether I was going to be a professional wrestler or a professional fighter, teaching and coaching was at the end of the, the rope for me. If I ended up being a professional wrestler, I would want to train professional wrestlers at the end of my career. Mm. If I was going to go to professional fighting, you wanted to coaching fighters, fighters was going to be at the end of the, the, the fighting career. Because you, you had like a, a shortcut in a way, but mm -hmm. in a way that you, you still had to work for it, don't get me wrong. Because I'm not saying it's a shortcut where you got it easy because no. But you kind of skipped that. <laughs> I, I skipped the fighting <laughs> fighting parts. It got straight to the coaching. Yeah, you get straight to the. Um, but I don't re regret any of it, you yeah, know, because 
I, I took the steps that I needed to gain the knowledge and the abilities of a fighter to be able to understand the sport, to be able to coach. Mm. You know, because coaching is, is totally different. Not all good fighters good are going to become good coaches and not all good coaches were good fighters. Mm. You know, but they, the ability to, like how Bruce Lee says it, to express themselves yeah. through, through the martial art. You know, my form of expression was there for, for teaching and coaching more than it was for fighting mm. and competition. You know, but I didn't understand that back then. Right. So, what what you are pretty much telling us is that you still had your goals. You didn't didn't necessarily understand it because you were you did not have like a clear path. Yeah. Right. As to what what you wanted to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you were still taking the action that you had to in order to get to that point. Your goal was still to become like a coach at the yeah. end of the day, yeah. which you were able to accomplish. Not the way that you were expect, but you were still able to do it and get it done. Yeah. You know? So, and then that's the, I guess that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of MMA though. Because you, you, you go through this different things and, but you have one common goal, right? Yeah. So basically, I mean, this is what a lot of people struggle with in, in general in life where they think they know what they want, but they really don't because they're not, they're not honest. They're not clear with what their goals are. Yeah. You know, you know, and where, where I've seen all of that was, I have a lot of conversations with people about, um, school. I was, I also make it very clear that I wasn't, uh, an ap academic or, or a school guy, you know, but what school taught me how to do was the time management was right. opportunity costs and things like that, where yeah. everything had a cost. And I had to understand that every decision I made was going to cost me something. What yeah. was it going to cost me? Right. You know, and when it came to, to the idea of working, I knew that I wanted every step of my work life to lead into my end goals mm. you know i never liked the idea and and this is no disrespect to anybody that does because luckily i've also i also found myself in a position where i was able to avoid certain things yeah but i didn't want to work at a restaurant right working at a restaurant as a server as a hostess waiter whatever that didn't fit into where my end goal was and it's interesting because like if you were to you know, listen, the, the entrepreneurs, like the Shark Tank, yeah, the sharks, many of them did so many jobs and, mm -hmm. and they have a different perspective on yeah. how to live their life because many of them looked at job opportunities as like learning the skills necessary to get to that final goal, you yeah. know? But you, on the other hand, you look at it as, okay, I need to learn skills that, yes, are going to help me to my common goal, but then I want to do things that are going to get me further and just having to do so many jobs for short periods of time as opposed to just doing one job the right way yeah to get to that goal exactly okay exactly that that's more of where where my beliefs lie right you know because life yeah. life is short you know right. and, and you don't know 
we don't know how long we have right. and we don't know how quickly things come like right. i became a business owner at 26 that's not something that was that's common to say right it was I mean, it's not common to say but it's also not not what i expected nor is it what i wanted right 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 <laughs> you know i didn't want to spend my quote unquote prime years of competition learning how to to run a business right you know and that's that's ultimately what happened but i was somewhat ready for it because i was able to work so closely with victory right i was able to work closely with my dad in his office because uh, my dad owns his own business as well so i was able to do all of those things and kind of see those things yeah i've also gotten to see how not to run a business so all of that helped me kind of develop a little bit learn on the job a little bit better i think but yeah at the end of the day, everybody has their own path. Right. Everybody has to, to see what works for them. Yeah. But knowing what you truly want is going to help make sure that you don't have those times where it's like, oh, I shouldn't have done this or I wish I would have done that. Right. I don't live with regret mainly because every... I, I've, I've found that every step that I've taken to get where I am had to happen for me to be here. Right. So that's kind of why I don't necessarily feel like I have regrets because like I've said before, the closest thing that I have to a regret is not finishing wrestling in high school. Mm. Um, but we've also talked about it. Maybe if I did finish wrestling in high school, maybe I wouldn't feel like I needed to get into MMA. Mm. You know, so everything happens for a reason. You just need to know what it is. And it's, yeah. Like, and I think that's where taking the time to analyze, right? See, yeah. Meeting some people, you know, they've made comments towards you. I guess a lot of people don't know this, but ma many people that meet you, they find you as someone being too analytical, you know? Yeah. People that don't agree or are not used to being questioned or analyze their life, they find you, I guess, overwhelming because you do analyze the actions of people. Yeah. Especially when you're keeping them accountable. You know, a lot of people don't agree and don't like when you call them out because you actually pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. And so basically what you, what your goal is every time, because, you know, we've come across this with me and with other people at the gym that trust you, where they tell you a goal and they tell you the steps that are, or they assume, right, that they, that you know the steps, but then they want you to keep them accountable and then they get upset when you do keep them accountable because their steps are not connected to their goal yeah or their path yeah right and so that's where it gets confusing for for some people and maybe for you too because it's like do you want me to keep you accountable or not yeah you know and so it's just being honest with yourself and like the guy he he wasn't truly 100 percent honest with himself of because, what he wanted yeah what he wanted he was all over the place and so i think that's a lot of people a lot of us think that we know what we want a lot of us think that we know what we want but in reality we haven't really taken the time to analyze what exactly do we want where do we see ourselves mm -hmm. right and then that's why we take the wrong steps or maybe steps that are gonna put us in a in a position where now we're held back or we're gonna take us longer to get there as opposed to just giving ourselves a like an easier path or maybe uh, a path where 
it is like a for sure path maybe maybe long but it's gonna be worth it maybe it's gonna be tough but it's gonna be worth it because you're straight in that path mm -hmm. like i think like for example in your situation running the business is not as easy as a lot of people think because a lot of people assume that running a business okay you make money and now you can afford these things yeah and now okay now you're a business owner you're good you're successful you made it yeah but do they realize the amount of work it takes the having to wake up early doing your accounting running the social media running the classes still coming up with curriculums mm -hmm. on top of that dealing with the signups and with dealing the, with the dog dealing with the, <laughs> dealing with the dog so yes it's, it's a lot going on that a lot of people don't realize that for them it's like it's easy to say oh you have it easy you 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 know you're lucky but they don't see the amount of hard work that it takes you know to continue to run that business yeah once you're there running a business is a 24-hour thing you 24 know hour the, thing. the other common thing that i hear about business owners is that you know they can go to work whenever it's like we can't go to work whenever because work is all the time for us when you run your own business we're constantly thinking of exactly exactly all the things that you just said yeah you know so it it's it's knowing these things and understanding these and, and just doing your own research you know yeah. like like this guy that, that was on the phone our website tells us everything that we we offer um, our our social media shows exactly who we are and what we do um, so it's very easy to find these things out yeah you know I'm I'm one of those guys that I like tradition just as much as the next guy but I understand things change yeah you know and I understand that the way of seeing things you know, not that I'm old, but seeing things, I grew up in the 90s and the 90s are getting further and further from where we are. Yeah. And I can't assume that things are going to be like that anymore. Yeah. You know, and this could be a, a different topic for different things that are going on outside of the gym for me. But it's, it's one of those things where I've had to learn to adapt. The way that I trained with Victory has changed. We've adapted, we've evolved to different things that... It, it needed to happen just in order to to survive, yeah. you know. So we need to be able to see those things and understand those things. Hold on, guys. We're going to pause real quick. And we're back after a 0.5-second break for all of you, but a five-minute break for us. Uh, we quickly saw why the dog was acting up. Yep. He apparently had to go to the bathroom, even though he just went to the bathroom 10 minutes before we started the podcast. Um, so yeah, we had to go handle a, a dog situation, but <laughs> the dog is now with his babysitters, so he will not be disturbing us anymore. Um, but basically where we're at is just, I know every time I use this word, it has the potential to trigger some people, offend some people. But I am using the word in this, the most literal way possible. Ignorance is not knowing. Ignorance means you don't know something. Mm -hmm. You know, but we hear insults all the time that people are ignorant, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And the, the word has taken 
almost an insult. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Vibe? No. You know, you guys know what I'm saying. Connotation, yes. Yeah. Um, that if you use the word ignorant, you're insulting somebody. But the word ignorant, by definition, is just you not knowing. Mm-hmm. And in the age that we live in, it's very hard to be ignorant about certain things. If you want to know something, you can find something. Mm-hmm. You can find everything on Google. You can find everything in a phone call. If the person doesn't answer the phone, then that's a different story. Right. You know, but no, there, there's really no excuse to be ignorant about anything outside of us. But there's really no excuse to be ignorant to things that are inside our minds. Right. We should be able to truly analyze what we want with our lives. And if we want something that we've never had, we're going to have to do things that we've never done. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have trust people. We're going to have to trust people that maybe have done something similar to what we're looking to do. Mm-hmm. We can't copy them because there's, I can't copy anybody I look up to to expect to get the same, same success as them. Right. But what I can do is kind of see how they they went about their life. Did they analyze these things? Did they, did they not analyze these things? Did they just take risks? Did they just jump in head first and see what happened? Did they take their time to do their research and really calculate each step that they took? Mm-hmm. You know, I can kind of see those things from the people that I look up to that have done things similar to what I'm wanting to accomplish. And see how that fits into my life. Because at the end of the day, you know, Jeet Kune Do means no way is way. Mm. Right? You can... Bruce Lee left us his philosophies and we've kind of adjusted to what we need him to be. Mm. We created our Jeet Kune Do. Mm. Okay. And, and I like that concept of no way is the way. Like, yeah. And we're so afraid to go towards the unknown. Yeah. Right? And so it's it's kind of like a paradox where you're trying to learn an art, but yet you're refusing to go to that way with of the unknown. Basically, what you're learning in martial arts is figuring out who you are. Yeah. And that may take a lot of years. That's why a lot of people do martial arts for many, many years. They do it all their life because we all somehow want to know ourselves fully and be our best selves and be the happiest, best, best selves. Mm-hmm. But yet, some of us are unwilling to get to that point because of being afraid of the unknown. Yeah. Right? So, it's maybe it has also to do with that because if we're unwilling to take that risk where we analyze ourselves and maybe what we are looking within ourselves, maybe we don't like it. Maybe because of the reality of it. Maybe that's what stops a lot of people from actually analyzing who they are mm-hmm. and what they want. Yeah. Maybe they're not comfortable because they've never had to get to that point. And they've always allowed other people to lead. And so I, I think about it in, like, in a sense where you know, you're your own business owner. You've always said that you, you want to do things and you want to make your own final decisions. Mm-hmm. But you had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. But for you to get to that point, you had to follow first. Mm-hmm. You had to be a an employee of someone that hired you for some time, and you had to deal with with that. You had to follow orders and stuff yeah. like that. And there, there were a lot of times I didn't agree with it, what Victory was doing, mm. you know. But I understood my place. I was an instructor, 
Yeah. And they're not paying me to give them ideas. They're not paying me to give my opinions. Mm-hmm. They're paying me to teach their curriculums. You know, so even if I didn't necessarily agree with every little thing that they were doing it, what they were doing or how they were doing it, I had to, I had to do it. Yeah. You know, but those things, I could have looked at them as a waste of time or anything like that, but it was teaching me, okay, maybe this isn't the best option mm. when I have my own place. Mm. You know, so that that's kind of how I went about looking at things, you know, and it's, is the expression that comes with with competition is like you either you you win some and you you learn some yeah you know so some of my time as an employee were wins because i learned okay this stuff works this yeah. works here this works there mm-hmm. but then i also learned what i should steer clear of yeah you know and we we've talked about it before where it's like some people haven't seen that part mm-hmm. you know especially when it comes to war evolution Nobody saw me climb the ranks. Yeah. When you walk into Warrior Evolution, I'm already where I'm at. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of people that saw where I came from and, and how I fought my way up. It's just, or the struggles that I had. Yeah. Even when it comes to the techniques. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert at every single technique because that, that, that was the other thing. Mm-hmm. When I asked the guy on the phone, you know, if he'd be able to stop a takedown. He says that he hasn't mastered a technique to do that. And I was like, you're not going to master anything. Right. <laughs> you know, you just got to be proficient in things. Like, there's not a single technique in my arsenal that I would think that I mastered, you know, because that's assuming that I can hit it every single time at any moment against any opponent. Mm. And there's not a technique that I can say that with confidence I can do, mm. you know. And this but, is you with the knowledge and experience in the years in your belt. Mm-hmm. And you saying that is just it makes us see like okay, you don't have to be an expert per se. Like there's no such thing as that perfection, but you if you continue to to learn from it and evolve with it, you'll eventually be better than before. But there's no there's no such thing as that perfection or expertise. You could say mm-hmm. you may get there like like I just I just related to like the you know scholarly you know PhD programs. Yeah, there's some level of expertise, but you don't know everything about it yeah. until you actually put it to action. Exactly. That's why not just watching movies or listening to podcasts or reading books about the arts or anything is not enough. Mm-mm. You have to practice it. You have to perform it. You have to be involved in the environment and be able to adapt to that environment for you to really understand the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I see it. I see why it would be like very important to get to that point. But it's it's just no matter what you want to do, right? It yeah. always comes back in within yourself. With anything. This doesn't just apply for, for MMA and mm-hmm. coaching and teaching. This applies yeah. for, for everything. Yeah. You know? I guess it's, it's yeah, it's a normal thing, especially with fighters nowadays. Many, many of them want to fight. Many of them want to feel what it's like to be put in a ring arena and get the fame right because mm-hmm. they see the big stars like mcgregor's of the world they see nate diaz they see the jake pauls and stuff like that um in in every sport but then they have not seen the struggles that they had to go through and the amount of years and dedication it took them to get to this point and especially with connor connor's been fighting for a long time yeah you know, he was fighting 
way before we all knew him in the UFC and even in his early fights in the UFC. Yeah. You know, but Connor Connor's a businessman more, I think, than a fighter. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, I think this is where I'm going to plug the Undertaker's podcast because the Undertaker now has a podcast available on Patreon. It's called Six Feet Under with Mark Calloway. You guys should consider subscribing to that one as well. Um, he talked. Nice. <laughs> and then tell the Undertaker that I sent you there. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Mark Calloway that I sent you guys there. Um, he was talking about how Connor would be great for professional wrestling because he's like, when's the last time Connor won a fight? It's been a while. I think the last fight he won was in 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, but the next card he's going to be on is going to be the biggest card that they've had. Mm-hmm. And he's going to draw a lot of money and he's going to make a lot of money. And he hasn't f- won a fight since 2019. Yeah. You know, so that's the branding and the marketing and the business side of Conor McGregor. The character that he portrays is going to last longer than his fight career. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to continue to make him money beyond the fight career. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm all for it. But this is why I love professional wrestling in a very different way than I love MMA. Mm. You know, because they're different. I don't know. If we, I don't think we've talked about the merger of the UFC and the WWE and the podcast. No. Um, we can probably make a whole episode out yeah. of that, but just very roughly, I people thought I was going to be super excited that these two companies were coming together, but I wasn't. Right. You know, because they're they're different. And the more we start blending the two together, I personally think is going to hurt MMA more than it's going to hurt wrestling. But... I firmly believe they should stay separate. But me being the type of person that I am that tries to play devil's advocate on myself, I was like, all right, I don't agree with it. Yeah. I don't necessarily like it. But what are the benefits of it? Obviously, the people in charge, you know, Vince McMahon, Dana White, um, uh, Endeavor Group, mm-hmm. and I think the guy, the CEO of Endeavor is uh, Ari Emanuel. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to make a lot of money off of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I forgot the figures, but I think it's like a $21 billion company that they've mm-hmm. now created with the merged um, UFC and WWE. You know, but where Undertaker also talked about on his podcast was he doesn't think that there's a lot of WWE guys that would make the jump over to the UFC. But he thinks that there could be a few guys in the UFC that can extend their careers a little bit longer by going to WWE post fight career, you know, because you can only fight for a certain amount of time. Connor is one of those guys that has that character already built in. He can go to the WWE and everybody already knows who he is and he's going to fit right in. Yeah, that's true. You know, but I, that's what, but I think they should be separate for that reason. Mm. Because sometimes what I think happened to Connor, he focused so much on the character of McGregor that he forgot about the fighting that he forgot how to the, <laughs> to get ready for fights the way that he should yeah you know because Connor's a very talented fighter yeah but we haven't seen it but he's there to make the money yeah could be lost the focus you know? yeah because the fighting you have to be a full-time fighter mm-hmm. you have to fight don't focus on the business too much but now it's like was it Mike Tyson that said it he's like before they used to be fighters now there's businessmen yeah and it's true. Yep. You know, but 
if that's their goal. You know, yeah. Francis Nagano had a goal of, of making a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and after this weekend, I'm sure he's accomplished that goal. But with a goal like that, he's like, okay, if I made this much money, mm-hmm. I'm still young. I can make even more than this on the next one. Yeah. You know, and nobody's talking about. Well, everyone's. I, guess, I haven't. I didn't watch the fight. Yeah. But I heard it was a controversial decision where a lot of people thought Nagano won, mm-hmm. um, but they gave it to Fury. You know, could be the business thing right. where they're looking to set up the rematch so that they can make more money off of the same fight. Right. You know, but yeah. If that's your goal, awesome. But yeah. be. Honest, honest with it, it yeah. you know, because all of that can start playing heads. Don't talk about being wanting to be the best, but you don't want to fight John Jones because they're not paying you enough money. Mm. Nagano versus John Jones would have, if, if Nagano would have beat John Jones, arguably best fighter in the world. Yeah. You know, because nobody's beaten John Jones. Yeah. He didn't want to do that because they didn't offer him enough money. <laughs> right. That, he, that wasn't his goal. You know, so it's yeah. not his goal to be the best fighter. His goal is to make the most money. Yeah. You know, and it's not just uh, MMA that has that problem. It's been a, a thing in professional wrestling for a long time, too. Yeah. You know, so don't. And, and this is where the, the doing the research part comes in, because if you're going to look up to somebody, look up to the right people. Yeah. You know, if, if a, the, the people that come in and say, I want to be the next Conor McGregor, I was like, well, you're not going to make it to be the next Conor McGregor. So there's only one, right. you know, and you're in the wrong place to do it because I'm not about the, the, the trash talk and everything. You're going to learn how to fight. Mm-hmm. You're going to get really good at it. You're going to do the same thing over and over until you get really good at it. Yeah. And then you're going to go do it in competition and win. Yeah. That's the way that I see it. Yeah. You know, it, professional wrestlers that say Hulk Hogan is the best wrestler of all time. Yeah. It's like that man only cared about money. He didn't care about wrestling. He didn't yeah. care about the fans. He just wanted money. Yeah. You know, so... Come after me, Hulk Hogan, I dare you. <laughs> um, yeah. And and that's the way that it is. But it, they're honest about it. Yeah. You know, so you be honest with yourself. Be honest with the people that you look up to. And, and make very specific goals to get to where you want to be. And where you want to get. Yeah. It's a great step. But all that stemmed from a phone call. A 20-minute phone call that I had two hours ago. Wow, look at that. That's a good one. Anything else? Did I miss anything? No. No, the the next podcast will definitely be about the merger, I think. Yeah, I don't yeah, we haven't talked about that. I I have I have some opinions on it. (laughs) Literally. We just voiced out a few of them. Um but yeah, Yeah. we that would have been a good idea when it happened. Mm -hmm. I'm late with everything, so it only makes sense for for it to happen now. Um but Thank you guys for listening and your patience. Hopefully we sounded a lot smoother and less distracted the second half of this podcast. Uh, the dog was having a hissy fit that we were trying to compose ourselves as much as possible. We both have bite marks from not being able to tell him to stop. And, and hives. And hives because <laughs> Nene's allergic to the dog. But we love him anyway. Yes. Um, Follow us on our social media pages. Nene is on Instagram at Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM. Follow her on YouTube and Patreon. Subscribe to her YouTube and Patreon at Nene MMA. You can uh, follow me on all major social media platforms at Taz MMA underscore fitness. 
subscribe to my YouTube at Taz Knows, and then subscribe to The Undertaker's podcast, Six Feet Under with Mark Calloway, Uh and tell him that I sent you so he can invite me to the podcast. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Other than that, that, I think that's it for this week's episode. We will catch you back all next week.